everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Thursday, it is March 19th, 2020, and we're going to do a little interview-style podcast like we did with Notorious on Monday. Today, we are joined by Dan Gaspar. You guys might know him as Mr. Tuttle. How's it? How you doing, my friend? Doing all right. I mean, trying to survive. It's, uh, it's a different life the, uh, these last few days, and probably something we're going to have to grow, in a, a grow accustomed to for the next uh, month or two. Yeah, next two months are going to be kind of crazy. You know, everybody that comes on, you know, I, I talk to him about it, it feels like. And, um, you know, we just – I feel like we're all just trying to do our part on, you know, stopping the spread. So, you know, that, I hope that's something that, um, you know, we could do and, you know, just – you know, try to stay as positive as we possibly can. I know you that, you know, you have kids as well. And like, I just feel like I'm getting more time with my kids right now. So, <laughs> you know, that's obviously nice. Yeah, for sure. You gotta, you gotta stay positive with it all. Um, trying to give you content here at Rotor Grinders. That's the toughest part, honestly, is trying to do stuff that not only keeps us entertained, but the listeners, the the subscribers, all those guys entertained too. It's, it's tough. We've gone down some weird paths that I didn't think would go down. Like Australian soccer starts tonight. Um, I'm not sure I'll be able to to pull off the playing it because of the time constraints. So you have to basically be uh, just be able to pull all nighters now. You got to change your whole sleep schedule during the quarantine because pretty much everything that you can play is now all overseas and at the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, like I sound tired because I just woke up like 45 minutes ago because I was up um, until 6.30 this morning watching um, LOL matches. So, um, you know, um, yeah, what? There was like a $100,000 Turkish League soccer showdown um, before they like canceled the game. So, you know, we look at like we look at like this weekend coming up like Friday um, the LEC for LOL is starting back up and there's a hundred thousand dollar tournament in North America, you know, they're starting back up and I hate the payout structure. Um, you know, 150k, 50k to first, like they originally had posted it before anybody joined. It was 150k, 30k up top. It was a really strong like payout structure. I just like, do they think people aren't going to play it if it's not like top heavy? Like I was super excited that it wasn't top heavy. I will say, uh, because I, I actually tweet, I sent out a tweet about this because I'm kind of the the old man shakes fist at Sky or yells at Sky anytime there's a top heavy playout structure. That's kind of my go to. I will say Brian Hooper, uh, Brick seventy five uh, at Brian Hooper on Twitter. Brick seventy five is his gamer tag. He actually, I think he, I think he tied for first last night in the big uh, LPL uh, GPP. He's been playing some uh, esports as well. He kind of brought up an interesting point that I, I do think on these slates where there's going to be so much overlap, so showdown slates, things like that, it kind of makes sense as a user to want it to be top-heavy just because there's a little bit more reward for passing trains and, and getting you know unique lineups out there. I think there's something to that, even though it goes against every bone in my body to want a top-heavy payout structure, and I still don't like it and I don't like the thought of it but I, I did think that was an interesting perspective at least yeah like we're still seeing some types of unique lineups like all the optimals and everything suggests like 
you know, never playing like a support player in right. the captain spot. And like, you look back at the, the $10 tournament, like you were just talking about from yesterday and a support player was in the captain spot. Yep. And it, it, you know, it, I think it's all just going to depend on like, I, I don't think as more as the more I keep doing this, like the only rule that I feel like that I'm going to stick to moving forward is just not playing losing players, like not game stacking. Like we were so used to doing, but you know, just looking at like the three game slates, uh, and this is for LPL for what it's worth. We can talk LCS and LEC in a second, but um, I, I actually think there's some merit to game stacking those. But you know, like I said, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, just like I'm just ruling out rules when it comes to like roster construction as far as like who can be in my captain spot because like missing had a monster game uh, for WE in the first game, and then like Chris had a really big game, and like you were able to fit in all the studs if you played those two. Um, and, and that, you know, ended up taking down, you know, the big tournament. There was only three people that played it. So when we get a tournament like we have this weekend where it's such a top-heavy payout, I'm going to try to be unique as possible. Like, my <laughs> roster construction is going to change a lot. I'll play a single entry and, like, you know, high-dollar stuff with normal construction just to, you know, try to – take take away the losing uh, for the teams that don't do well because of <laughs> trying some crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting um, with LOL, what I, what I've learned and I'm, I'm far from studied and researched on this, but I think it's interesting that the sport in general, I, in well, sport, esport, whatever you want to call it, uh, but in general, there's so much, at least in cash games and even in, in tournaments, there's so much just to lineup construction, which is, I think, an interesting thing that has always been there whenever a new sport's released or whenever there gets new interest in a new sport or renewed interest for whatever reason in a sport, is that there's a lot of people that are trying to learn this. And what they fail to do is they basically just failed in terms of lineup construction, what people often do is they go and try to learn the sport and try to learn which players are good, that sort of thing. And really in cash games now with, with esports, and I don't know how long it will last, but basically if you just build a solid lineup with based on correlation and stacking, things like that, of just playing the, uh, the, the top teams, the favorites, like you're in a pretty good shape right now and you will find lineups against players that are just trying to learn and starting out learning that you know just don't have optimal lineup construction you don't even need to know that much about esports in general to be successful daily player right now um and honestly i think that's true with a lot of the sports that we'll be seeing coming eventually like I mentioned australian league soccer um mentioned that we have turkish league soccer still going on we'll have korean basketball going on like just the information so turkish league soccer we had a slate earlier this week like there's still guys that again these people are just trying to learn like you and I, but I've played I've I'm well enough first in soccer I know where to find lineups I know starting lineups like are going to obviously greatly impact who you play it impacts who's on, on set pieces it impacts obviously you'd want to play guys that are actually going to play and people don't realize that hey starting lineups are announced an hour before the game starts typically for for soccer. And so, like, with these Australian League start times at 1.30 a.m., 3.30 a.m., you're going to have people putting in lineups midday today. It's today's Thursday. Midday today, you're going to have people putting in lineups. And they're either going to forget to change them or not know that they need to change them once lineups come out. 
I think there's actually going to be a fair amount of dead money just because of that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that for sure. I think that, you know, people are grasping at any type of inter- information they can get to. So like if there's bad information out there, um, you know, people, people might not dig deep enough. Um, so I, I think that's all super relevant right now. And, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time as far as like roster construction, but like, you know, I, I'll say like Monday, I didn't know a lot about League of Legends DFS. And I feel like, you know, through the week, I've put in a lot of time learning the teams and stuff and, and, you know, trying to get any type of edge whatsoever. But I've been profitable almost all week outside of, um, what was it? I think two days ago, I had a really bad slate. But just by roster construction, like you see these teams and you see these people just putting in these teams where, you know, roster construction of like game stacking, like, game stacking going back and looking and like digging into the stats it's just outside of working every once in a blue moon like game stacking is just not going to work in league of legends so right. well it's that, like i mean it, it's like when we started dfs like when do when when did you first start out playing <laughs> dfs dan I'm, I'm an old school man dude um i I'm, my fanduel account is 2009 i'm bringing mine up i'm trying to find it now how do i find this i know there's a place for it my I forget how to look it up. I just know because we were at the uh, Playboy Mansion tournament and Cal was really mad that um, my account was older than his. Um, you had the oldest one. Oh my gosh. I'm going to rack my brain. I know where the, I've, I've looked it up before. I'll figure it out. But anyways, my point is this is basically, this is DFS before Rotogriders was available, right? This was DFS before content sites and content sites were inevitable. So I don't want people in my mentions being like, well, you're the cause of no more edge in DFS, blah, blah, blah. Like they were, they were going to happen whether, you know, you or I started providing advice or not. Um, but this was DFS 2009. This was DFS 2011, I think, is when I started. Um, I'm, I'm still looking for that date. But this you, is, uh, I mean. If you go on the FanDuel app, I'm sure you have it on your phone. Oh, FanDuel app. There we go. That's why I was trying to find from the uh, yeah, webpage. account, it's right under your avatar. Yeah, August 2011 was me. I mean, I do you remember like I remember these games like we would be playing, and th- again, this was when 535 head-to-heads were like, like the the highest buying level possible, and you would be finding guys that you could post head-to-heads. You would get guys that wouldn't know how to look up starting lineups for baseball, and like that's some of the trans that that's basically some of the translation is what we're going to see with people attempting to play these new sports, and because content isn't saturated in the market yet for these sports, there's still going to be a huge learning curve. So if you can beat that learning curve and really just start creating reasonable lineups from the start based on, again, lineup construction is the number one thing, there's going to be some edge to you, even though it, it seems crazy to think like, hey, I'm playing esports, hey, I'm playing these crazy soccer slates, hey, I'm, I'm playing Korean basketball. But if you can be the first to try to, you know, really figure out how lineup construction works and really just put decent lineups. It doesn't even have to be the, the best lineup possible, just decent lineups out there. You're going to make some money. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's always fun to make some money. And it, the sweat is fun, you know, like even if you're playing a few bucks just to keep your mind off of right everything that's going on, like the sweat is just fun. And even though the sweat is fun, you know, you still want to have the proper lineup constructions and stuff. So um man so 
let's shift gears a little bit um, from LOL. And um, I guess really quick before we do shift gears, we, we have the LEC and the LCS coming up for LOL um, this weekend, like Friday LEC. And um, well, I, I don't know if we'll see an LEC slate for Saturday and we'll have two main slates Saturday. Um, LPL is going on every day until April 19th. So we have a, we have at least LPL every day until I was wondering if they would ever die out. No, they, they, so they had to pause their season for six six or eight weeks. And they're just like, they're playing every day until the season's over since they're playing online. So, um, so yeah, and that's kind of, you know, from what I've been reading, it's really hard because like it's a Chinese league and like, you know, I don't speak fluent Mandarin or anything. So like trying to, go through and like read like you know about like subs and stuff why they're starting some players to give the guys days off and like stuff like that it's it's very interesting they don't want their guys to get burnt out before the playoffs and stuff like that so um but yeah lpl is every day um until august 19th lec is friday and saturday lcs is saturday and sunday so um and that's moving forward that's moving forward yeah okay um so the interesting thing is, like, LCS, they were playing on Monday, too, and they, like, like compounded it all into, like, Saturday and Sunday. So, we're getting, like, five-game slates instead of, like, three- and four-game slates. So, that's kind of nice. And LEC, I think, did the same thing. Um, so, we're going to have, like, nice five-game slates. But, like, the biggest difference between, like, LPL, LEC, and LCS, LPL is best of three. LEC and LCS are best of one. Um, so you're not getting those bonuses for two Oh sweeps anymore. You're getting these games that are going to go really long. Like we see games sometimes go 40, 45 minutes. We see games sometimes go 28 minutes. I think by just looking at the scoring on LEC and LCS, that if we get a game that goes like 40 to 45 minutes, that's like super bloody. We could see like a three, two or a three, one type of stack actually take down a tournament because the scoring is so different and you're not getting those bonus points. So I'm still thinking that stacking is going to be the way to go in LEC and LCS. I'm going to mess these up so many times because they're all so <laughs> close together. But um, I, I still think stacking is the way to go. But I feel like roster construction in these LEC and LCSs are going to be a little bit more loose than LPL because of the bonuses and just how many points they score. Like, for instance, if you just go on DraftKings right now and you click a contest for, like, LEC and LPL, you'll see the difference in, like, average fantasy points scored per game from these guys, and it's because of the games that they play. You're not getting 100 points from a guy um, playing LEC or LCS like you're going to get in LPL. Like, 40 is like, a, is, like, a high ceiling game in LEC and LCS. So we'll – I mean, that should make the – and you kind of alluded to it. It should make the underdogs a little bit more in play or put them in play a little bit more, right? Yeah, I, I think so. So I've done a lot of research on LCS because I knew that that was coming back and I, I knew that DraftKings offered that before. I'm still digging it like this is what my day has come to. Like my day <laughs> – we're, we're, it's 11, like 25 on Thursday. My day is digging into LEC and writing an article uh, for Roto-Grinders members. So um, first glance for me is like just looking at it and saying, you know, LEC is going to be interesting. 
because we have some games right off the bat that like we have some really high massive favorites like um i think mad um and like sk the first game like it's a huge spread towards mad sk is really really bad but like okay. we have some matchups where they're going to be really close with two really good teams so i think those really good teams targeting those is going to be the way to go um i have a lot more research to do before i like commit to what i want to do and stuff but you know just looking at th- these guys so lec and lcs only took a week off so they're not like on six to eight weeks like LPL was where they could change their whole rosters around. Like nothing's really changing for these teams. So, and and, another thing really quick, like lineups for LPL come out like 12, 15 hours before lineups. Don't do that for LEC and LCS. They don't tell us lineups um, pregame. So that's going to make it even more. We don't get that at all. We don't get it at all from what I've been told. So, so for for LPL, basically the only reliable source is that Kenzie fellow, right on Twitter. There's another guy that does it too. So what? Okay. What happens is that Kenzie guy, he actually goes to all of the teams like social medias and like pulls it from being Chinese and makes it where like he posts those lineups that we we're seeing. Right. So, so kudos these, to so, him. <laughs> so we won't even get from like the team individual accounts who's going to be starting or anything like that from what i've what i've read they keep it very like close-knit because it's best of one and they don't want teams to be able to prepare for who they're playing against okay so, which makes sense if there's no you know if they don't well, have any incentive to release lineup why would they right i will say that with the lcs and the lec the the roster sizes seem a lot smaller than the lpl um so okay. i don't think we're gonna see too much craziness as far as like you know, not projected starting lineups and stuff. Like, the best players in the team are the best players. And, you know, it's best of one. You want to throw your best. So, you know, and you don't have to worry about subs either because it's it's one game. Right. Yeah, that's crazy, crazy right? Like, we're learning we're learning all of this. It's just – it's it's crazy. I hate I'm – not, I'm not going to lie, though. I hate the idea of just playing somebody that's not playing. Oh, it, it, that's the worst it, feeling in the world. Worst feeling in the world. <laughs> It when you miss your mind right off the bat, right? Yeah, you're just like, all right, shut it all down, flip the computer, it's it's over with. Well, like last um, this morning, the you know IG matchup, like everybody thought they were gonna two zero um, LGD, and like I fell asleep after the first game, and my son woke back up like towards the end of the second game, and I was like, they're gonna lose this game, they're gonna swap out Leland, um, and. Like it's gonna hurt some of my tournament team, and that's exactly what happened. They're like they swapped and they went to their main team again, and it was like if you could have just did your two o swap like sweep, like you know, it would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, so yeah, I, I, learning the leagues and paying attention to the scoring, um, I think we're eventually gonna see like esports on Fanduel as well. Um, so if that, if and when that does happen. I think that, you know, making sure you're paying attention to the scoring and, and, and you know, doing that as well is very important. So, I think that, That's the most important thing. And I, we've talked about it already. Like, just knowing if you figure out what the edge is in scoring, you're going to be, you know, take advantage. What? Probably 80% of the people aren't even going to look at the scoring page. They're just going to start playing. At least in, in very, very casual settings. That's, that's basically going to be what's, what happens. 
So yes, take a look at that scoring and know the format that you're playing because that's already going to give you, you know, put you in a good spot. <laughs> that's with any sport. <laughs> right. It, exactly. I mean, it's, 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 it's any sport and people just don't like, it was that survivor. I mean, they ran that stupid survivor pool on FanDuel last night that we did it. We actually did a, a YouTube show on. And that was the same thing. If you looked at all at, and it, it was a little different for us because we were running side pools and things like that. So, you know, a lot of these people are just running or playing the free roll and it doesn't really matter to them. But uh, it was very, very evident based on their scoring. You just wanted to stack a tribe and hope that tribe won, won immunity. And just even, even in the side games though, that we were playing for extra money, like there were people that weren't stacking and it's like, that's the basic thing. Just learn, learn the lineup construction, learn the rules that you're, you have to follow and find, see if there's any, uh, any edge to certain lineup construction. Yeah. So what, 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 um, what Dan is saying, he's calling everybody out on rotor grinders, uh, slack that played in their contest. Um, just want no, everybody to know, like he's calling you all out. <laughs> Chop, Chop's giving me heat this morning because He's like I looked at some spoilers, but I I we talked on the show. I told them all the information I knew, and Chop still picked the two people that got voted out. So Chop <laughs> Chop's salty right now. Chop, oh Chop, man, I like that guy. I've always I love Chop. I've always, I've always liked Chop. I've known him for a long time. Um, man, RG party a long, long time ago. It's crazy. <laughs> Getting old. Um. So really quick before you know we we learn more about Mr. Tuttle over here um for the LPL slates on Friday the 2 a.m. slate I really think like Royal never give up um against VG they're going to smash them um I don't know if I'm writing an article yet for LPL I know I'm doing one for LEC um which is going to be interesting but the the first two matches on the LPL slate are both really interesting um you know, RW against LNG, I think I really think that's like a coin flip type of matchup. Um, I, I really could see either one of those teams winning. So, like, that could be a 2-1 type of game that's kind of um, interesting. And then uh, EDG against JDG. Um, JDG has really been really, really good. Um, but the thing that's been interesting, too, is Edward Gaming has been really good since coming back, too. So, I think that JDG is a big favorite in that game. Um, I I think JDG wins that game, but it'd be interesting to see um, if Edward Gaming can make it two one or even extend it to a third game. And you know anything can happen if you get into that third game. So um, it I feel like it's kind of a cut and dry type of slate. Um, you know, play both sides of the first game of the RW and L- NLG, um, and, and then you know obviously. For cash, Royal Never Give Up is probably your main target because I think they have the highest floor. So just wanted to touch on that really quick just in case I didn't write an article. If I do write an article, that's what it's going to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, Mr. Tuttle. First, before like we get into any – are you like a Saved by the Bell fan? Yeah, and when, <laughs> when I created this uh, username that I've now had for 10 years, I thought that – I didn't. I didn't realize Mr. Tuttle was such an obscure reference. Is, is basically what I'm trying to get at. Like I thought. I thought everybody knew who Mr. Tuttle was, and that is not the case. It's crazy, right? Like Saved by the Bell. Um, I'm, I'm 32. Like 
I've probably seen every episode at least three times. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's an awesome show. It's it was, a great what, show. <laughs> go to, go to school every morning before you you go. There's Saved by the Bell playing. At least that I mean, that's kind of what I remember in my childhood. You turn the TV on at seven o'clock in the morning, and for some reason there would be Saved by the Bell uh, replays going on. Oh yeah, college years, man. There, Saved by the Bell was awesome. Like it. What's What's funny is I was just telling my wife. Um, I think it was two days ago, three days ago. I was flipping through like on demand. It's come to that point. Um, if you have Spectrum, like Saved by the Bell is on demand right now. So, okay, you can you can watch it. Like you go back and like live your childhood a little bit. So, I mean, I um, all the DVDs, but. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I haven't dusted those off in a while, though. But yeah, I I have all the seasons of Saved by the Bell. Not That's not the awesome. college years, or I'm I'm more of a purist. But no, I I get it. I was just like thinking of like all the spinoffs they did because, like, I, I even like will watch like all the shows that like Zach is doing now, like that baseball show that he did. Um, man, I can't think of the name of it, but I, it's just like I I'm a full supporter of Saved by the Bell. Yeah, for sure. Kelly's my homegirl. Uh, oh, I think she's everybody's. Yes. <laughs> she was on a show that I loved. Um, I don't know if you ever watched White Collar. Um, yes, 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 yes. Oh, good show. Well, Dan, like, all right, you said you got started in 2011. Um, you're, you're an OG like me. Um, what were you doing, like, before you got started playing DFS? Yeah, so that would have still been college years for me. 2011, I graduated. Well, I guess I guess I got my undergrad um, bachelor in marketing in 2010, and then I went on and got my master's in business. So I was still, my, I guess I, I started my FanDuel account when I was st- getting my master's degree. Uh, so yeah, I was still a college student at the time when I first started, um, and kind of like everybody else going into it, I was I had somewhat of a poker background but like i wasn't i wasn't to the level of nearly anybody else i was i just would play poker casually and it was kind of a fun thing to do and so when that kind of all went down i was looking for an alternative to to kill some time and i've always been a fan of sports so you know fandu was kind of the the easy step for me yeah like i'm with you i i wasn't on the level of like the poker guys that have come into the industry like i i like playing poker i still like playing poker i enjoy playing poker i understand how to play poker um do i ever picture myself going out to vegas and playing the world series of poker probably not um but like my dad was a, a rep for a poker company that was like in the southeast region um so like they would like go to bars and stuff. And I was like 14, 15 years old going to bars and like playing against a bunch of old people because he, because I I was 18 on paper because he was a rep. So, um, (laughs) it was, it was was always fun to play live poker. Um, so yeah, that's interesting that you started playing in college and stuff. Um, like, did you, did you ever follow like what you got your degree in or did you just start playing like DFS and doing this full time? No. So, um, my first job out of college wasn't even really following my degree. So my, my degree was in marketing and then got a master's in business administration, but I got, I got married real early. So I basically stayed around to get my master's just because my wife had one more year left of college. And so I'm like, Hey, you know, let's just stick around. Um, so I got my master's while she finished up her degree 
And basically, since I got married so early, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to apply to a few jobs. I'll take whatever one I get. And the first one that offered was just some really low entry level uh, insurance jobs. So I was a claims adjuster was my first job out of college and uh, did not overly enjoy it. But I, I actually don't like looking back. It was, it was a pretty good experience. It gave me some knowledge that I still use today. So in general, it wasn't wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it, it definitely wasn't what I wanted to do as a career. And so when, uh, when playing came calling and when I started making some decent money playing and then uh, Fantasy Insiders became a potential thing, I, I was much more interested in you know, doing that than being a, an auto adjuster or a claims adjuster for auto insurance. That's interesting. Good old Fantasy Insiders. Um... Yep. Soccer Dave. Yeah, that was, man, that must have been, I don't know if I can put a year on it. It must have been 2013 or 14 when that started. I think I, I think I did about a year or two in, as an insurance adjuster. And then I was making, I, I would have nights where I would be making more. And, and again, this was when, when games were super, super easy, kind of like I was talking to earlier. This is when you could post head-to-heads and – you know, at the highest buy-in level at $535, and you'd be getting guys that would just not be playing guys in lineups. And so it's a, it's a much different landscape now. I want to I say that. Um, but the landscape then was like, it was, it was pretty easy. You did not have to be very good to, to be able to make money consistently. And so I was consistently making decent money playing DFS. And I'm like, man, it's hard to go to work in the morning when I'm, when I've had nights where I've made more money than my, you know, annual salary as a, as an adjuster doing something that I don't really enjoy all that much. It's always, you know, hard for me to make the shift to being like, all right, I'm going to do this full time. Like I know I'm doing well, uh, you know, I'm making money playing contests and making money providing content. Like it was like, it was always hard for me to say like, all right, like I'm doing this full time. And like I, my wife that, you know, like we were, we were, we, she's actually been together ever since I like, you know, decided to like do this full time. And like, that's an interesting conversation. And I'm sure oh yeah, like it was an interesting conversation for you as well. And like, I talked to Noto about it. Like it, it's, it's an interesting conversation when you're like, Hey honey, um, I'm going to have swings on days that I do really well and really bad. Uh, but I feel like over time that like, this is the best decision for our family. And like, that's those conversations are just really, really um, hard and very interesting to see like how they react. And like I, I told, like I said with Noto on Monday, if if you are if you are doing this like full time, like you, whether it be your husband or your wife, like you you have to have that support behind you. Yeah, and I mean it's for me and why Fantasy Insiders is a blessing. It's a lot easier to justify saying you want to do that full time when you can say, well, I also, you know, also doing this, which will provide, you know, fantasy insiders wasn't a, a huge income for me at the time, but it's like, Hey, at least we'll have this also to fall back on during, you know, poor stretches or things like that. And that's, I, I mean, that was something that not necessarily my wife didn't need it at the time. We were, we were newlywed, we were flying high, but my family who's very, very conservative needed that kind of, assurance like 
yes, I'll still be making money, like for sure making money because I'm also doing this, this other thing, providing content. So that it, it kind of helped as kind of a way to ease my family uh, that I wasn't just gambling for a living, basically. Those, those conversations when you're like, what do you do for a living? Well, I write about sports. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still have no idea what to tell people. Like, it's still the hardest thing in the world to, to tell people what you do for a living. Even though I work with a very, well, like we, obviously a very strong company, a company that's leading in the industry. Like, it's still very difficult just to be like, yeah, I write and talk about sports. That's basically what I say now. And they're like, huh? that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. I love my job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, well, that's all really interesting, man. Like, you know, what do you, all right. And I asked no to this question. I'm going to ask you the same thing. Cause like I said, I've been playing since 2009. I've seen a lot of different games, websites, all kinds of different things as far as like industry goes. What do you think like has been the, the biggest change, you know, let's say 2012, 2013 to like now. I mean, it, it is the saturation of content for sure. Um, players in general are just a thousand times more knowledgeable than, than what we had, you know, back in the day. And the customer acquisition rate has gone down significantly as well, just with, you know, naturally with these sites. So we're not getting new players that don't know what they're doing. The players that are still playing know what they're doing and they're very knowledgeable. And it's, if you're wanting to make money now in DFS, it's a completely different recipe to, you know, when we both started like the, before, again, there were, you didn't have to know what you were doing necessarily. You just had to be a little bit, tiny bit smarter than, you know, the other guys that were putting out lineups with guys that weren't in it. And now it's just so much harder. Like, man, so much, so much of these contests are so hard to beat now. Cash games are so hard to beat right now. Um, and if you're, you know, some of these guys that have been playing like I have for so long, we're now restricted obviously with, um, with which limits we can play. So we can't even like the action we're getting is higher limit action. And it's from people that know what they're doing. We can't take advantage of, which is a good thing, but we can't take advantage of the lesser knowns anymore or the people that don't have quite a bit of knowledge about the sport. Like anybody that we're playing is, is typically somebody that knows what they're doing. And I feel like the sites have done a good job with that. Like, you know, allowing people to build a bankroll and learn like the craft of DFS and like the $1 games. Like, like I I get it. Trust me. Like I, when I could play all that stuff, you can bet your butt that um, I played that stuff and where profit is profit is. I don't care, but um, I'm glad that the sites have done what they've done. And like, I will say this, like I remember times, I think it was like 2014, 2015 building 50 to 150 teams by hand. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now like staying up all night doing that, like starting building baseball teams at like one o'clock in the afternoon and not stopping until, seven o'clock like and now it's like you can build these 150 lineups in 20 minutes if you know what you're doing and it's kind of crazy to think that like i have gone from like playing a bunch of teams every day to really focusing on like three entry max and single entry tournaments like not chasing that like hundred thousand dollar payday anymore and just continuing to stay profitable by playing single entry and like three entry max tournaments because 
Like the optimizers are so good now. They are. Let, let's just be honest. Like optimizer and projections are so good now that like the DFS landscape has changed so much, even in the last few years. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's the biggest difference for a guy like me. And I still, honestly, I haven't fully adapted to it. I, I started out and I made my money as a cash game player. Like that's, that's how I made my money. Yeah. I, I had, you know, I've made live finals and I've, I've made a few dollars at live finals and, you know, I had my fair share of tournaments that I've won things like that. But, you know, my bread and butter was cash games. And realistically now, if you think you want to, you know, come in and make money in, in DFS, honestly, you have to be very wise about how you approach tournaments. I mean, that all the money is in tournaments now, whether you're attacking single entry or three man or, for three max or if you have the the bankroll to weather the storms of the max multi-entering like those are your best paths to making money in dfs right now other than if you just want to sit back and, and try to grind niche sports i think that's another path as well but simply playing cash games in the three major sports like it's not much of a thing anymore it, it really isn't yeah, see, I was always a tournament player. Like, I play cash in NASCAR. I still play cash in NASCAR. Um, but, and like, I've been playing a little bit of cash in LOL, too, just because, like, I feel like the single entry, you know, double ups at any buy-in level, like, the roster construction has been so bad, like we were talking about yep. before. Um, so, like, I still think that, like, you could play the single entry double ups and stuff, but, like, you play these double ups that, like, you could play, like, 100 to 150 lineups at, like, the 10 or 20 or $50 buy in levels or whatever. Like, there's people playing 150 teams of really good lineups, and then there's, like, you know, 10, 15 of them. Like, you are, if, if you don't have the team that's, like, optimal, like, you're, you're just going to, over time, be, you know, struggling. So, Right. I think and, if you are playing cash games, I think it's very important to stick to like single entry stuff, um, you know, at all buy-in levels. Yeah. And I, I do want to say, I don't want to be all doom and gloom about it and say cash is completely dead. I, I will say if you are, so cash for not even necessarily me, but somebody like, let's say, you know, empire maker or something that, that wants to get as much action off as possible. So he, he's a guy that would gladly play a hundred thousand dollars of slate. Like, his action is going to be completely limited. If you're a guy, and for me even, if, if I'm trying to get like, if like back in the day, I could get $1,000 off in head-to-heads of, head-to-heads $100 and less. That's not happening now. Like that, that people are just aren't going to take my head-to-heads in, in the major sports at that level. Or if they are the people that are taking my head-to-heads, it's probably not people I want action from. Like Empire Maker would probably go take my head-to-head just because he's, he wants the action. So it's coming again. It's it's in bad action, but if you're relatively new, if you're trying to get, let's say, you know, a hundred dollars in cash games off a night, that is that's doable. Like, and you're likely going to be able to find decent enough games, especially on DraftKings, where you can, you know, block certain people from taking your games. Um, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get that. It's just, you know, once you're trying to get, you know, the the thousands of dollars in in in, in action that you're going to find it's typically not going to be very good action that you're getting. Great info there uh, for sure. You know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I did have a Twitter question come in and, you know, just knowing, knowing um, 
the type of question I know it's from like a premium member. Uh, so I was just really quickly going to ask you like, um, what is your key factor when you determine like uh, picks on the expert survey for overweight on contrarian play for FanDuel? Is it solely the play or are there other factors such as like taking advantage of the position on FanDuel, et cetera? Um, I know I do the expert survey three times a week and I'll tell you right now, um, this answer is going to change every slate. Yeah, it definitely changes slate by slate. I will say on FanDuel though, it's much more likely that uh, positional scarcity or, or something like that will come into play as opposed to on DraftKings, obviously, where it's a lot more flexible. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a slate-by-slate th- thing. Um, I'll typically try the, – the tough thing about that is we're answering those surveys so early in the morning, so at, at some point in time – and we do update them throughout the day if, if we need to, and I, I do keep an, up, up, an eye on the expert survey and uh, update my answers as needed throughout the day. But our initial answers for those are coming in so early that it's very hard, even if – ownership is published or projected ownership is published it can be very difficult to know what an actual contrarian play is going to be um but in general yes low ownership on FanDuel yes positional scarcity comes into play uh, or if it's a position where I think you know everybody and this is the center position in, in NBA specifically on FanDuel because you can only pick one center option on FanDuel obviously because it's so rigid there but if everybody's going to be playing like the top salary option or the, the top salary saver on the slates at the center position, that's an excellent day to go up and pay up at center. Just because immediately right there, by paying up at the center position, you're going to have unique lineup construction. Um, so yes, on FanDuel, it changes day by day, but it is also on FanDuel. A lot of times for me, it will include uh, a player that I think is going to be low owned because of positional scarcity or because of, of what the typical lineup build is going to be that day. Yeah. And I always say this, you know, when it comes to being contrarian, you don't have to be stupid. Like, and I don't mean that to like sound mean or anything like that. Like what I'm saying is like to be contrarian, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to play the 1% guy. Like I, I say that and I feel like that's something like, New DFS players do so much. They they want that 1% owned guy that is going to break the slate. But, you know, if, if you have a position on FanDuel where a guy is going to be 30 to 40% owned, playing a guy that's going to be 5 to 10% that could easily outscore him is just as contrarian as playing a guy that's 1% that's going to work maybe one out of 20 times. So, you know, I feel like people go crazy when they go contrarian. Like, And, I, and I'm a person that goes really contrarian sometimes, but – I still, I feel like I, you know, can understand the difference in, in my head on what is too crazy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, my dude. Well, it's always good to catch up, Dan. Um, I think this is actually like the first time you've been on the morning grind. Like we're going to, yeah. we're going to have to change that when we get some sports rolling here for sure. Well, the, uh, the early podcast recording works so much better for me than the late. You usually go late, right? I've listen ever since I've been a new dad, uh, not like I say new dad ever since like I've had my second child and like, it was such a huge gap in between when I had kids don't recommend that for anybody. Um, my sleep schedule is way different. So like I, I get up early in the mornings now and like, so like today was the latest I've slept in probably six months. Um, and I feel like it's just because my wife knows that I was up at six 30 this morning. Um, so yeah, it was so nice. she lets you sleep in. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I would first started full time with RG. You know, I'd see you looking for 
for guests and it'd be like, yeah, I'll record about, you know, 1130. I'm just like, yeah, I'm in bed, man. Like I can't do that. I'm in, I'm in bed. But well, yeah, baseball, the, baseball, the stats like shift over at midnight. So like, if yes. you don't, yeah, Cardi's, you don't, Cardi's like, projections too. Yeah. If you don't do like midnight, you got to like do super early in the morning. So yeah, I feel like baseball this year is going to be a little bit more in the early in the morning. So, but you know, like I've been saying all, all week, like when sports come back, we're going to have so many sports going on at, at one time. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Um, so like, I, I don't even know what the, the contact of like podcasts are going to be when all that happens. So I mean, I'm actually excited. I'm, you know, I think that's the silver lining. We're going to have, you know, four major sports going at the same time. And it's going to be like really fun to just keep track of everything. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, he is Mr. Tuttle. I am Stevie. I appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully this was helpful. Um, you know, we talked some LOL. We talked all kinds of different <laughs> stuff. Tomorrow we're going to talk how weather impacts DFS. We're going to have Kevin Roth on the podcast tomorrow. I'm going to try to talk some more LOL before I get into the weather stuff with him. So appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Good luck in your LOL contest. and We'll see you then.